Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. How you doing, Daniel? I'm excellent. Um, by the time this episode airs, uh, our newest addition, Allie, will be on the team. Oh, yeah. I'm pumped. We'll have her on on an episode coming up soon. Um, that'll be fun. Yeah. So look forward pretty soon to hearing uh, Allie, who's a CPA. Allie, Allie, Allie. Yeah. We'll be doing financial planning with us here pretty soon. Allie, 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 Allie. Uh, and speaking of which, if people are interested in financial planning, they can check us out. On the web. Jewel Financial. Jewel Financial. Yeah, they can go uh, to the website and uh, inquire as to uh, kind of setting up a time to usually they'll end up talking to you uh, or potentially working with both of us uh, to power their plan. So go to poweryourplan.com to learn more. Perfect. All right. What else is going on in your world? What, what's new? What's shaking in the Daniel Zono household? What is shaking? It's almost summer, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, just enjoying outdoors, uh, getting on some bike rides. What are the kids' hobbies nowadays? What do they like to do for fun? Everything. They just love right now. We got two young boys, and they just love going out in the back and just getting dirty. Like, they'll <laughs> literally just dig in the dirt for like two hours. Yeah, we, we don't bother over, them. We came like, over and had lunch luck. with you all for a while, and I basically just ran around in the backyard with the kids for yeah, a couple hours. They'll just run for no reason, <laughs> which I don't, I mean, I guess I bike for no reason so i can understand and then they'll just dig in the dirt like try to find bugs or <laughs> their imaginations are just so fun right now at their age so it's pretty cool fun good times yeah what do you guys got on tap um my wife is starting pa school here in july so we have a couple months now it's coming up really quick we have like six weeks before she starts school so we're going to take a couple trips just to enjoy it because once that two-year program starts it's pretty much pedal to the metal yeah. Um, until she's until she's done, but we are getting the house ready. Been grilling a lot, going on some trips. We're driving to Wally World. What? We used credit card points, which I think are are great. We did like a couple deals and got some nice credit card points, and we're gonna go to Florida and go to Universal Studios on credit card points. So nice, it's pretty sweet. Should be fun. I haven't been to Universal Studios since I was a kid. Yeah, I have never been. Um, I'm super excited, and that'll be fun. I like Harry Potter, so that should be cool too. They have like the Harry Potter world is like the yeah. Big I've never thing watched Harry Potter. There. What'd you say? Oh, well, I read, read the books. books. Is it books or yeah? Watched? The books yeah. books started, and then they have like eight movies. So what'd you just say? Yeah, that and uh, what's the other really popular one? Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I've never. What? How dare you? Either of those. I should watch one of them on my bike someday. I'm surprised because I'll do like long rides sometimes for training in inside early in the morning. And it's a great time to like watch, watch a, movie. a movie or something that nobody else wants to watch because <laughs> I can just put it on and kind of work out. And I don't know why I haven't. Done yeah, that yet. I, I'm surprised. You should you should definitely listen. It's good. Okay, good stuff. We'll see. Maybe I'll venture into that. All right. Well, we have a good question today, so let's get to it. DIY. Hey, DIY money. This is Matt. What's shaking, Daniel? What is shaking, Daniel? Keep up the bro talk, guys. I I'm a fan. I have a question regarding buying a house. So a little bit of background. I currently have a budget. Currently have fast cash, six month emergency fund. 
I currently max out my Roth IRA, max out my HSA annually. I have an employer Roth 401k. I'm going to be a first time home buyer and I have a question on the down payment amount. In your opinion, if you do have enough for a 20% down payment, would you recommend putting 20% down or would you recommend putting, let's say 5% or 10% down and, and using that extra liquidity to invest? I've just had this question for a while and would love to get your insight on it. Thanks so much for what you do. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you. What's shaking, Logan? What's shaking, Daniel? What is shaking, Daniel? You get the... That was good. That was That, that was, was nicely good. done, especially yeah. on an episode where we don't have Quint to really give you the powerful... I know. What's shaking, Daniel? It was a standing. So. Yeah, what would you do in this case? Would you... Uh, or what do you plan... Or what are you thinking you plan to do Yeah, when it comes time to really settle down and... Uh, our mindset... Is that when we buy a house, so I just talked about PA school and what that looks like. It's a two-year program. We're renting right now. After that two years, we'll certainly be looking for a house. Um, And our goal is to have the 20% down. And I know as a first-time home buyer, I think you can put 3% down. Um, Yeah, there's FHA loans uh, that are an option. They do carry costs. Yeah, so you would have some additional... PMI insurance and um, things like that, but upfront, yeah, PMI like upfront PMI and then yeah, monthly PMI. Yeah, exactly. So our goal is to avoid all that. We want to have twenty percent down and kind of just as a we don't want. I hate debt just as much as everybody sure. else that's on this show and talks about it. But just to have that twenty percent down, and then we will just hopefully interest rates will come down by that point and we'll we'll make our regular payments and and do that time thing but we're really shooting for that 20%. We don't want to go through the the PMI issues and and uh other cost and I'm just not the kind of person that's going to put 3% down on the house and then invest that money elsewhere because I feel like I'm almost investing the debt that I'm going to have a cost on for insurance and sure. the other cost. Which is effectively what you're doing. If you're moving money that would otherwise have gone to debt pay down to investing, then the reverse is true. You're utilizing debt to invest, which can be risky, risky depending on the uh, interest rate and the environment and all of that. So maybe there was a time when interest rates were like 3% where you know that might have yeah. been yeah. like more attractive because the long term, even the di- you know if you even got close to a dividend yield of, of that, then any capital gains would have been good. So that's that's the difficulty you're going to run into, especially if you're financing at a six to seven percent interest rate. Now you're going to have to really think of uh, the fact that your investments are going to have to perform. Do, yeah, do yeah. better than that uh, over the long run. So something to keep in mind. So yeah, I like that perspective. I think uh, one thing or principle that folks have to keep in mind when they approach this option is if they go below the standard sort of 20% down, really assessing what the cost of that is. So that could be PMI, uh, which isn't great. That's just an added cost for not putting 20%. So there's literally no purpose. It does not help you pay off your mortgage quicker. It's just extra cost. Now, there are options that don't have PMI sometimes, sort of, kind of. So there will be like uh, zero down 
loans or very minimal down loans that you'll see through certain banks. And one of the catches is it might be a uh, variable rate mm-hmm. or adjustable rate mortgage, ARM, adjustable rate mortgage, that you'll see. So keep that in mind. Uh, there could be a 0% down, whatever, uh, or low percent down, something like that. But what I would do the homework on there is if it doesn't sound like there's PMI, understand the interest rate versus the interest rate you could get elsewhere. Because sometimes the interest rate or the, sorry, the like the insurance, the PMI could be baked into the interest rate. Gotcha. Um, so you're getting a higher interest rate. Because the bank's offsetting the fact that they then have to insure against uh, that. I'm probably not explaining that exactly technically how it's working behind the scenes. But effectively, if you put less than 20% down, uh, for all intents and purposes, somewhere along the line, somebody's going to insure against the fact that you don't have enough equity in your house. You're going to insure against that. Maybe the bank's going to insure against that. Somehow, it's going to get paid for in the mix of all of that. Uh, Now, there may be some programs out there. Again, I've not really intently gone out and pursued, you know, trying to find a lender. Well, you all are looking for a home too. We are, but we would put 20% down. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. At minimum. Uh, I think what we would probably do and what I would suggest folks do is looking at, we've talked about this on the show. A lot of times when you buy a house, you end up buying a payment, not a price, Uh, things of that nature. Not that that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) You should really run the numbers and see what works in your plan before doing any of this. Because it is personal. But if you're renting right now and you know that like X amount of rents, in this particular scenario, it sounds like they have great cash flow. Like they're maxing out all of their accounts and hopefully they've done a plan to figure out what assets need to be located where, all of that. But uh, let's say you are renting and you're paying, we'll throw out a random number. It'll be high some places, low other places. $2,000 a month in rent. You're a young family with kids or something. You're renting whatever cost $2,000 a month. So if you're writing the numbers and you know that $2,000 a month works within your budget, you've got margin, you're saving really well, you're putting money in all these accounts, then figure out what you need to put down to maintain $2,000 a month. Mm -hmm. Unless you go, okay, well, we're not, we're okay with reducing our savings per year by say $500 a month. So that means we can afford $2,500 a month in, you know, mortgage and interest and insurance and all of that. But figure out like what you can really afford, then understand what that means for the house that you're looking at and how much you would probably have to put down and kind of back, sort of back a little bit into that number, but in a responsible way, not in a way of the banks telling you, you can afford this payment. So therefore, just buy that payment, regardless of what the actual house costs and how long it's going to take to pay off and the maintenance associated with that. So it is sort of buying a payment. But trying to figure out like responsibly how much of a payment can I afford and, and sort of lock myself into and realize that there's just going to be costs there that you don't anticipate. So don't max out on the payment what you can maximum afford mm-hmm. okay. per month because there's going to be maintenance. There's going to be like yeah. random stuff that comes up when you own a house. You're going to want to paint or decorate or do – so you're just going to have more – expenses than you do when you are a renter you might have higher utilities if you're moving into a more expensive place uh random stuff like i remember when we uh first bought a house like we were a year in and like the gutters had to be replaced because they were kind of falling off and not very effective anymore and 
we spent a lot of money on lawn care tools and stuff like that that we didn't do as much when we rented a house. And so you just, it adds up. And so if you max out the monthly payment on the actual debt, then you leave yourself a lot less margin to do the rest. But make sure you, I mean, in this scenario, if you have loads of cash flow and saving in other places, there might be wiggle room. But just understand what that looks like. Run the numbers, understand your budget. What would you say? Well, here's actually a question for you. It's not exactly what Matt said. Um, but what would you say as far as we've talked about not paying additional, like paying the extra payment on your mortgage each and every month. But what do you think of like 20% down versus 23% down or whatever he has that is additional that could just bump that percentage up just a few thousand dollars or so? Sure. So this is where it gets interesting because at that point, the math can sometimes reverse because people generally don't stay in their house longer than like seven to 10 years, gotcha. something like that. So it depends on like what the the break-even timeline is for that amount versus sticking that amount in an account and taking some out per month to cover the increase in payment. Okay. That makes sense. So let's say you, you really needed a $2,000 payment, but you'd have to put 25% down to get a $2,000 payment. And I'm just making up numbers here that mathematically may not make sense at all. But... If you put 20% down, uh, that payment is $2,500 a month or something like that. And so that extra 5% that you would put down, which is it's 5% of the price, but you're actually putting down 25% more in real value, right? Because mm-hmm. the difference between 20% and 25% is 25% of dollars. Okay. I've thrown out a lot of numbers here without <laughs> a whiteboard. It's very tough. So just keep in mind that it in that type of instance, making up that difference in payment might be strategically better by putting that dollars in an account and pay, helping pay off the difference in payment. So you're paying 2000 out of your, assuming you have the money, right, to make the, the 25% versus the 20% down payment. Um, you're paying like the 2000 out of your normal monthly cash, cash flow mm-hmm. and the extra 500 you're kind of kicking in from what you would have increased your down payment by beyond the 20%. Okay. If just run the numbers either yourself or with a financial planner to see how that works because in some instances you'll be able to sock away some of that money, help make the payment for like 13 years or something like that before that account runs down with little to no uh, interest on that account. So something that depends on what, how the numbers actually flush out. But just run those numbers and understand the implications of it. Because money in your home equity does you very little good. Yeah. As, until it's paid off and then you've freed up the monthly payment. Yeah. So just keep in mind that just sitting on home equity itself does you very little good in the overall grand scheme of your financial plan, as long as you're still paying a mortgage. Great, Matt. Um, great question. I think we're gonna we're gonna end it there. Matt just sent in a question to podcast at DIYmoney.org. Keep sending us those questions. Obviously, I think Daniel and I both lean toward the sides of putting that 20% down, but you can look at the numbers and, and, and look in and dive into what the costs actually are for making that reduced payment. All right, friends, the secret to wealth is really very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. What is shaking, Daniel? (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.